Before productivity, before consequence, there is you. Before community, before responsibility, before the right thing to do, there is the gut. Welcome to Eyes Eye, a podcast in favor of vision and capacity. My name is Nashkyu, and this is a David Demawi recipe. Enjoy. feelings decide nothing obey the gut right there in the intestines there is the eyes eye why do they always have to tell me i'm wrong why must they make me feel i just don't belong if they don't like the way i sing my own song i'll go with a of being a like a famous um, like top of the pops kind of Kylie Minogue kind of figure like which is really embarrassing I don't know it was just kind of it was just the thing to well my mother is a singer my mother is a musician so um, so maybe that's uh, that was part of it um, but oh, you know she did like she sang folk music traditional music and so I wanted to do something that was kind of much more um, yeah, I think that's probably what my first, and then I always had this idea then that, that that was kind of a thing to aspire to, but that it wasn't perhaps as noble, and that then like the thing to be would be to be a writer, to be a really good writer. I don't know, well I was a really avid reader as a child, and um, I kind of had this maybe romantic vision about writing. I spent a long time like I think there was a while where I thought I was going to become a writer like exclusively a writer and I just found it too much I found that I'm a terrible procrastinator and I found the pressure okay. like really um, really like harmful the, the amount of pressure I put myself under and the, the procrastination like crippling procrastination that I would experience hmm. around having a deadline because I think it was that weird thing of I was when I was um, in my early when I was in my late teens and early 20s I wrote for television like I wrote a, a was a oh nice a like a screenwriter writer, yeah, yeah. And um, and so I never I kind of bypassed the bit of writing where you write for yourself and so it was a weird like I bypassed that bit that writers normally go through where you write for yourself because I was writing for mm -hmm. like an editor mm -hmm. And I had deadlines and I was just terrible with deadlines and it would become like all consuming and I would always get to the point where like I'm not a good I'm not a good like everyday chip away at it kind of um, person when it comes to the way I make art or projects or whatever it's usually like I have to have a gun to my head and it has to be extreme <laughs> okay. and it has to be like balls to the wall get it done right now and if I don't have that kind of pressure I find it really hard to get anything done but then if you are constantly in that situation it becomes quite it becomes too much 
Nevia over at Nightmare Heights. Her daughter made Easter Sunday come out on a Tuesday. What have you done? A zip! A big fat zero! Oh, oh, oh we, we, oh. We're really sorry, Hidia. Maybe if we tried again. You've humiliated me enough. I yearn for this idea of like kind of finding a kind of um, like zen like state of within myself that I might be able to like you know I would really like to be the kind of person who could write for like one to two hours a day but I can't do that and I still can't do that and I st think that's something I would still really like to uh, perfect and I'm aware that it's a practice and I'm aware that it's something that requires commitment I guess I've kind of tried and failed and also I'm like really impatient and I think to do that like that this kind of discipline requires real patience I'm not very patient person so I generally tend to work now like the things that are easier for me are to work on projects that are kind of in different directions and happening quite fast because then I can kind of deliver on them whereas if it's things that are kind of far away, long time away or, um, you know, that require um, a long-term constant kind of, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like watering of the flowers, if you know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you. Then I find that, I would find that very difficult. But it's something that I still feel like I want to master it at some point. So when I say like, I gave up on it. I gave up on it for a while, but it's I still would have that dream. And the binary is that sometimes the thing that you really want to do and that you maybe are potentially very good at is the thing that you resist or you uh, avoid or you're because you're afraid of it. And also that it, to really nurture it requires a kind of um, a, a, a practice that's um, too difficult. Maybe it comes from being. Did you st did you do music as a kid? So my mother is a musician, and it would yeah. have been really important in my family that I went to music classes. And I had like the best teachers. Like I learned. Uh, that, uh, that is super significant. Not to have good teachers. Yeah, except that I I rebelled against that. <laughs> okay. So I had this idea that like, and I knew that it was a gift. Like because my parents were really good at kind of. Um, imparting on us that like a lot of the privileges that we enjoyed the kind of like privileges of access to culture do you know what I mean like, of, like yes. music classes and going to concerts and going to the theatre and going to a gallery that that's like not everybody gets that and that's like it's, it's a precious thing and it's a thing to be um, respected and um, you know you enjoy it like and you, you will enjoy it <laughs> you feel like you enjoy it you will enjoy you it should. you yeah. should enjoy it and like eat your vegetables you know exactly. so, um, yeah. so like so I would have had this kind of idea that like the, like that it, I would have to I would go to these music classes and, and I would have to practice and um, and I was really bad at practicing and I think that actually later in life that then I have this I, I still have that memory of this is a thing that you could be really good at but it requires practice and I'm really resistant to practice because of that kind of like mm. rebellious mm. childhood streak where mm. I didn't want to do the thing so um, so I the artists that I admire I think sometimes the most are not the ones who have necessarily the like best ideas because I think sometimes ideas are like great ideas are great but actually 
I really admire artists who have that kind of dedication to craft and dedication to practice. In my art, like I, I work, I suppose, in in like artistic programming and in kind of, you know, uh, producing things and making them happen. And then I, and then as well, I kind of have my own artistic practice. And I think where I struggle with in my artistic practice is the fact that I don't practice enough, you know, um, because I find the other stuff much easier and the kind of organizing and the, um, and the planning and the uh, logistics. But um, I, and it's because of that I have really great respect for artists who are really good at practicing. Look! Shady! Let's go! Help! The waterfall's making too much noise! I heard something that time! Well, I didn't. Maybe it's going to rain. Maybe we'll get all wet and catch pneumonia. Oh, I knew you shouldn't have come. No, I like the rain. I love it. You know, I also think in terms of art, we often have this idea that, well, I definitely would have had in my, like that, that like, um, that artistic genius is something that presents itself in youth, you know, and that like hmm. you, like, um, you know, when I would have been in college or just after college, I would have been in a group, a peer group of like really brilliant people, like really smart, talented people. And I would have felt around that time that like, I didn't know what I wanted to talk about yet. Mm -hmm. Do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, totally, like, I totally. didn't, I ha would have had this real frustration. Like I wanted to be a theater director and I had this like real block where I was like, I don't know what the thing is that I want to make and therefore I kind of abandoned that a little bit like mm -hmm. I stopped writing and I stopped directing and I started I became like a kind of producer programmer type of person and I think now it's interesting that I wonder I think like now I have loads of things to talk about but then but sometimes I think we kind of fetishize youth a little bit in art you know what I mean where we think people have to present um, and sometimes maybe it's in terms of often in, in, in people who are in programming roles or whatever, particularly in terms of live and uh, performance and that, that you, like a, with live things and art, there's, yeah, I think youth is really seductive, you know, and it's really, and there's this idea of like, with youth comes novelty, you know, and, and we're always pursuing, particularly in this kind of very, neoliberal economy in which we work it's always about like what is the new thing what is the next thing and often with that new and next thing we think about youth and mm, mm, mm. and don't get me wrong like i also think like in, in irish we have an um, like a, an expression which says which means praise youth and it will come to you oh wow okay and um and so there is this thing of like and i think that's really important like it's always important to be like to feel like you are around young people and you're learning from young people and you're open to kind of new stuff but often i also think and i think i think also it's probably a female thing as well i think that often um <clears throat> with the ex like experience of life as a woman you don't i would feel anyway that a lot of the women this might be a really gross generalization. No, no, but give, give it, give something it to that, us. that could that would that I might even myself listen to and roll my eyes. But like, but sometimes I think like when I think back to that time in my like late teens, early twenties, I think a lot of the artists who I really admired in my peer group who had really strong ideas were men, 
and I think okay. now, like I'm 38, like a lot of the artists I'm more interested in listening to or hearing from uh, generally are older women. And I think hmm. there is that like hmm. maybe, uh, and I think that is there something around experience and I mean, I think it's definitely a product of like living in a patriarchal society. I hear you. But uh maybe maybe there's something around women being more uh kind of reaching into their creativity at a later age um i think yeah i think that probably is a thing um the people i love are probably like okay. extremely important um, and the and a feeling of being part of a a feeling of wanting to be part of the like um, how do I say this to be like um, really in the world as it is right now being, feeling like your eyes are open and, and being conscious of being like present in the world right now um, and I think that's really important and that relates a lot to like my, the work I do in in art and that's why I work in the arts I think it's about that idea of wanting to kind of be present in the kind of experience of what it is to be alive today and to try and connect that experience like so that it's not an isolated experience it's a it's an experience that's about like connecting with other human beings um, and I think what else is important to me, a feeling of connection to some sort of like um, nature or material world, you know, mm -hmm. like the sea. Um, and uh, like, I guess like ideas, mm -hmm. yes. feelings. That rainbow of darkness. We've just got to keep looking. This must be Turek's throne room. Hey, where's Applejack? <gasps> <laughs> so, you seek the rainbow of darkness. <laughs> it is mine, and so is your friend. The desire for material comfort. Um, and uh, sometimes the, um, when it gets too hard, it gets too complicated. Um, because of uh, my complicity or my uh, inertia or my whatever uh, lack of like that 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 thing of like you want to be engaged and you want to be present but sometimes your desire for comfort or your desire for uh, your desire for kind of physical comfort or intellectual comfort or emotional comfort mm -hmm. get in the way get in the way yeah I think that's the biggest obstacle to that. Because I think if we, as artists or people who work in the arts, it's our job. I, I kind of feel like it's mm -hmm. our job to make sense of the world in a way. And in, it's our job to kind of strive for a sense of connection. And, um, and this might sound like really naff, but like truth in a way, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And also that doesn't have to mean like, like the truth can be abstract it doesn't it need yes, to be like yes, a, yes, yes. material and so um, 
Like in my in my personal history, I would have really struggled struggled to be honest to care about the environment and climate, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. really have struggled with that, yes. and I think I still struggle. Like me, in my life, I, like I still really struggle with like basic things like I eat meat and like I really do not want to become a vegetarian or (laughs) I really don't want to do that and I also really struggle to like um, in terms of my commitment to recycling you know I drive Mm -hmm. and I don't drive every day like I'm mostly most days I don't but like I do have access to a car I don't behave I think as well in terms of my carbon footprint and my lifestyle in a way that's like Like environmentally friendly but because for a long time I was like I get that this is important but I don't feel like connected to it in my life mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I started listening and this is like this is maybe like a really um, naff thing to admit but I always had this feeling and a kind of a guilt like I know this is the thing I should care about and I don't really care about it and then I started listening to this um, only last year really to this podcast by um, the former president of Ireland Mary Robinson okay. it's called Mothers of Invention it's really, really, and it's kind of, it's really, it's fun because it's hosted by Mary Robinson and this other Irish comedian called Maeve Higgins. So they're two Irish women, but it's not really Irish. It's not an Irish podcast. They okay. mostly recorded in New York. And it's about, um, it basically... In it, English, right? It's in English, yeah. Okay, cool. And it posits, um, it posits that uh, climate change is a man-made problem um, and that climate justice is an opportunity for feminist solutions to uh, to climate change okay so they basically profile mostly um, women who are making tangible um, efforts to address and tackle uh, climate change um, and sometimes they're like actions like physical actions and sometimes they're um, kind of justice processes and it actually what was really amazing for me is that it made climate change a kind of human rights issue for the first time in my head for me it was an abstract thing that was about um, global climate one degree two degrees emissions and like you know massive companies and oil and gas and um and i hadn't really understood um how climate change is a human rights issue that's largely felt by people very far from where i live um my daily actions have a significant impact and um and also that this these are like the, actually maybe the way that we change this is through telling stories about human experience rather than talking about um, the numbers the numbers and also like even to be honest like when people talk about animal extinction like i look at the animals and i think oh god that's really sad but i don't really (laughs) whereas when it's it's, when it's like a human being in front of me and they're telling their story that's about their lived experience that moves that moves me uh like most of the time i'm just getting through so i'm not thinking about them so like I think that's the thing where you want to you want to live a better life but often your life just kind of gets in the way of you living a better life